There are two readings. The first is Psalm 13. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes or I will sleep in death and my enemy will say I have overcome him and my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. The second reading is from 2 Corinthians, chapter 4, verses 8 to 10. We are hard pressed on every side, but not crushed, perplexed, but not in despair, persecuted, but not abandoned, struck down, but not destroyed. We always carry around in our body the death of Jesus, so that the life of Jesus may also be revealed in our body. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, good morning, and a big thank you to everyone who submitted questions for this Honest Questions series. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be grappling with a number of quite difficult and challenging questions. And uh, right at the start, I'd like to say, on behalf of the whole team, that this series comes with a warning. And the warning is, please do not expect that we'll have all the answers neatly wrapped up and packaged with a bow to these profound questions. Because there are the sorts of questions that people have been asking down the centuries and will continue to ask down the centuries. As we look for answers, we see in part, but there's much that we don't know or don't fully understand. Now, it won't surprise you at this time that many of the questions that have been submitted have touched on suffering, perhaps more relevant than others in our current climate. And so people have asked, why does God allow so much suffering? Why do some people have everything and yet others suffer and have nothing? You get the idea, the sort of theme of some of the questions. Well, the short sermon answer to these questions actually is, I don't know. I could sit down at this point and in part would have done my job. Because God hasn't revealed to us in fullness the answer to these questions. But we do have some clues. We do have a partial understanding. One day that understanding will be complete. As we tackle the suffering question, we're going to do so in two parts. Um, the writer and church planter and minister, Christopher Ash, when faced with questions about suffering, asks, is it an armchair question or is it a wheelchair question? In other words, does it come from a desire for a philosophical, theological debate 
the sort of debate conducted from our armchair, where we're seeking to understand our minds, or does it arise from real experience and deep-seated pain, a place of emotional resonance? Well, this week we start from the emotions because that's where many of us are at. We're seeing suffering all around us. Many of us are experiencing it firsthand. All of us have been deeply moved by the experiences of friends, perhaps, or what we've seen on our TV screens or on our social media channels. Cuts to the heart. And we cry out to God, like the psalmist, How long, O Lord? It's a gut-driven response. Next Sunday, Joe will be um, exploring suffering from a more theological starting point. Well, it goes without saying that we can only begin to unpack the issues involved. We can't cover every nuance. This is just a starting point for, for grappling, to promote further reflection and discussion. And if you do want to go deeper, there are plenty of brilliant resources out there. And one uh, that we found especially helpful is a website called bigobjections.co.uk. So do explore that in your own time. One of the many things I love about scripture is its honesty. It gives voice to raw human emotion. The Psalms are full of people crying out to God in anger, in frustration, in joy and in despair. In scripture we get a no-holds-barred account of the trials and tribulations of God's people. We get a whole book dedicated to the suffering of one man, with his friends trying and failing miserably to explain his sufferings and to offer him comfort. Job's comforters do their best, but their efforts fall short because they don't have the full revelation of God's plans and purposes. And then at the heart of the New Testament, we have the story of pain, suffering and sacrifice. Jesus himself weeps over the body of Lazarus, his friend. And on the cross, he experiences that deep sense of separation from his heavenly father, abandonment and isolation. The Bible doesn't shy away from the harsh realities of life and death, of pain and suffering. And yet somehow in the midst of the suffering and pain, God meets his people and brings comfort and hope and life. Whether the suffering is a very personal lived experience or an identification with suffering in the wider world, God wants us to know his presence and his peace. And so we see in Psalm 13, David goes on a journey. At first, we feel his emotional anguish as he cries out, How long, O Lord? His pain and sorrow is clear for all to see. We can imagine him crying out, his fists clenched, tears rolling down his cheeks, feeling defeated, heartbroken 
and alone. But it's as he cries out to God and owns his emotions that a fresh perspective arises out of the ashes of his pain. And so we move towards the end of the psalm and he writes, but, and it's a very big but, but I trust in your unfailing love. It's a choice he makes. He's led on a journey through his pain to that place of trust. It's not clear how far down the path of uh, logical understanding he is, but he makes that choice to keep trusting, to hang on in there. And what he does know of God overcomes what he doesn't know and understand. We see it again in the book of Habakkuk, as a prophet cries out to God. And we travel with him from the despair of chapter 1 to the pinnacle of chapter 3. Even though the fig trees do not blossom, even though there's no grapes on the vine, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Again, it's a choice that he makes. As we pour out our hearts to God, he has a habit of meeting us and giving us a new perspective giving us strength and encouraging us to keep going, even when the pain feels so very real. And it starts from owning our pain and being real with God. During Christchurch's recent week of prayer, I know at least a couple of people were drawn towards the words from 2 Corinthians chapter 4 that Sean read for us. It's an emotive Uh, expression and language and description of what our human experience can be. Hard-pressed, perplexed, persecuted, struck down. All experiences that the Apostle Paul could certainly relate to. What got him through? Well, it's Jesus who got him through. He has been there too. Identifying with us in our frail humanity, facing persecution, opposition, suffering and death, and reminding us through his resurrection that death is not the end, that evil will not triumph and that he is always with us. And the reality of Jesus' experience and the truth of his promises serve to encourage us, to give us courage and to keep trusting. And all of this leads us to the hope of heaven and the promise of things to come. Our pain on earth is temporary. How many of us hold on to that great vision of Revelation 21, verses 3 and 4? And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God's. He will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. What a vision. Two further dimensions just for brief comment. In the painful experience of suffering, we share in the pain God himself feels as he looks at his broken world. God's heart breaks, and any experience we have reflects just a minuscule part of the pain he feels as he sees his children in anguish 
and watches so many of us pressing a self-destruct button. We're not automatons, are we? Our emotions are a gift from God. And although we may sometimes want to switch them off because they're just too painful, they reflect who he is and his heart for the world. And finally, and this has been plain to see in the past few months, in suffering there's an opportunity for the very best of humanity to come to the fore as people give of themselves to one another. And so in the midst of the pain and the suffering, God's values of compassion and love and self-sacrifice have provided a foretaste of heaven. It's been so evident in the Christchurch community during this past year as people have looked out for one another and engaged with a wider community through CAP and in other ways. It's been evident in wider society as neighbours have come together, that people, as, people have rallied round. In many senses, it's restored hope in humanity to drown out the voices of self-centeredness and arrogance and greed. God works in us for good, even whilst the question of suffering remains. So where have we got to? Well, well maybe we've flipped the question. Instead of why suffering, we've touched on where we meet God in the suffering. Firstly, we've been reminded it's okay to cry out to God in suffering and anguish. He wants to meet us in that anguish and reassure us of his love. Secondly, we've been reminded that we have a saviour who knows what suffering is like and identifies with us in our pain. And his life, death and resurrection convey a message of hope. It will not always be this way. Thirdly, our pain is a minuscule part of the pain that God himself feels. In that sense, our emotional experiences leave us more in tune with our creator. And finally and fourthly, in our raw experience, the very best of humanity rises like a phoenix from the ashes. Our fellow human beings are God's precious gift to us, and in them we see something of the character of God. Now, I'm very nervous about leaving things there. There are so many loose ends, so many nuances unexplored. But God hears the cries of our hearts. His love knows no bounds. What we do know of God helps us with what we don't understand. We see in part, and one day we will know fully.